Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today we have a repeat guest, but we are at a very, very special location. We are at the SEI's Top Producer Conference, and uh, this is actually where we met our guest. Our guest is uh, Stephen Wershing, who is the president of the Client Driven Practice. Uh, so we've had him on, his, on the podcast before. He has his own podcast with Julie Littlechild, and the name of that podcast is? Becoming Referrable. Becoming Referrable. And um, we were just kind of hanging out and talking just because you know, he's a really great guy, and they have a, something new, the Client Driven practice. And I said, what the heck? We're sitting here. There's no advisors around. So Stephen, let's talk about this new offering that you have. That would be great. And thanks. Thanks for having me on. I, I, I love seeing you and, and I love your podcast. And it's a real honor to be on again. So thanks very much. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the new product that we have. So you may you may remember some of the advisors may know that one of the things that I'm known for doing is client advisory boards. And we have a consulting service that will coach you through uh, putting together all the steps to make your client advisory board a success and then we'll send somebody out to facilitate the meeting and then you get a report from us on what we heard and it's an amazing service and it, and it has made dramatic changes in some of the advisors that we've worked with and, and enabled them to really customize their experience toward their best clients mm -hmm. but not everybody wants that not everybody wants the full the full shot you know I mean it's it's a fair amount of work and it's expensive and uh, some people just really want to do it themselves. And so uh, we have put together a kit that will enable advisors to put together their own advisory board and get their own, pull together their own resources. And uh, the kit uh, comprises uh, a 40 page manual that will take you step by step through how to choose the right people for your board and how to ask them so that they will accept and how to put together an effective agenda and how to find the right venue and what you can do in the meeting itself so you can get the best feedback and then how to follow up that feedback so you acknowledge what the, what the board members have, have told you and just generally how to, how to make it a success. And uh, there's also inside of it some of the forms that you will need. So we use a very specific Avery form name temp so there's a pack of those in there, and there are uh, invitation blanks in there, so you can print it off on your own printer. And then you get access to a website where you can download all of the checklists and worksheets and templates that you'll need to go soup to nuts. So it's, it's, it's a comprehensive kit. We'll take you through the entire process. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here just because I, I think we've talked before how much I support the advisory council. I mean, it's the smartest thing you can possibly do as a business person but isn't there huge value in bringing somebody like you or a person on your team as that objective third person to do the advisory council to be actually be the facilitator? Yes, there is. Okay. And the manual even will tell you that you need to bring in an outside oh, facilitator. Great. We would be happy to do that. We've got more experience than any other firm in the financial services industry on how to do that. However, there are plenty of other people who can do a good facilitation too. One of the firms that I interviewed originally um, had as one of their clients a corporate communication professional at a Fortune 500 company. This is a guy who knows how to run a meeting. And so he had him come in and he did a great job of it. 
some advisors have executive coaches that know how to facilitate a meeting. You know, we're not the only source for facilitators, but we are the only source that has the kind of depth of knowledge of doing this for financial advisors. And so if, if you wanted to do it, even if you hired a, a good facilitator, this will fill in all those gaps mm-hmm. so that you know how to put it together. And a facilitator will just come and do the meeting. This will take you through the entire process of setting up for it. As I said, choosing the right people, mm-hmm. what to say to them, what to send out ahead of time, so that when the facilitator shows up, all of the groundwork is laid and it can be a successful meeting. Okay, so one of the things that you guys offer when you facilitate it is that report at the end. Yes. This um, advisory council in a box, do you still help with the report? Not if they buy the box. Okay, so if they, they buy, buy the box, box okay. you know, you're going to need to get your facilitator or we, we always tape all of our meetings and we have them transcribed. And so whether it's your facilitator who prepares it or if you go back through the tape or if you refer back to your own notes, that you can do yourself. I, I think that an outside person brings or lends some interesting insights uh, because they're not you. They're, they're not going to process it through the same filter that you are. And that's one of the values of bringing in an outside person is that, you know, you to some extent, we all hear what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when we try to have what we call in the manual, the Zen mind, just, you know, have an open mind and let, let it wash over you and just, you know, accept it for what it is. But it's, you're still interpreting it. We all have to interpret what we hear and, and an outside person can help with that. But even if you sit down and do a br- debriefing with your facilitator and then write the report, you, you can do that yourself. Well, I think the report is humongous. One of the only times I ever did this, the the report, the advisor pulled me aside and said, this could quite possibly be the best piece of consulting I've ever had. Now, not saying that I was special or unique, because I, I, I know nowhere near the experience you guys do, but it was the insight, right? It was that objective third person's view understanding the industry, which is another big thing. Now, if you don't mind, um, let's unpack the box just a little bit. So this advisory council in a Mm -hmm. box, when you're in the room, so I understand that you've got a and I love, I love when you were talking about even down to the labels that you should use for name tents. That's freaking awesome. Um, (laughs) but, uh, when you're in the room, what sort of topics do you coach them to cover? Well, the, uh, the first meeting of your advisory board is a is pretty standard agenda. You know, agenda development for the first meeting is pretty straightforward. We we like to suggest that there be some kind of simple topic that the board can process easily because they don't know what this whole process is about. They don't know, and we're about to ask them some pretty deep questions. And so, just having something something that you've thought about changing in your business or something that that a client has already made a comment about. Uh, that you don't mind changing, and that's that's easy. It could be we want to change the color of our lobby. It could be you know, it could just something straightforward, and get them warmed up for it. But then we get to the meat of the meeting, and the first meeting should be what we call the value questions. So, when you were looking for an advisor, what was what was the deciding factor that made you choose this advisor? What was it that pushed you off the fence in their direction? Of all the things this advisor does for you, what do you find most valuable? That includes the services they provide and how they do it. So you might find that their services are valuable, but the fact that they will return a phone call in 24 hours is the most valuable thing. Or that you'll do a virtual meeting is the most valuable thing. It, It might not be the service itself. We will often ask, what could this advisor do inadvertently that might cause you to go away? That's important to know. And then the other one is, uh, you have to make one change to this advisor's service, what would be the change that would cause the biggest positive change for you? And so that's typically the first, okay. the first meeting. Now, in the book, we have dozens and dozens of topics that, because you know, if you do this for a few years, 
you know, you're going to go cycle through it. But generally, what you want to do, what you want to start with, is just deconstructing the experience step by step. What's it like in a review meeting? What do you like about mm -hmm. it? Tell us about our financial plans. What are the parts of it that you find most useful? What are the parts you can't understand? What would you do to change it? Um, how about our investment reports? You know, and I love, I love to, to ask about the investment reports because I'll put one up on, on a screen and I'll say, what does your eye go to first? When you open this every quarter, whatever, where does your eye go first? And what do you find most helpful? And what do you find most valuable? And what parts of this confuse you? But sometimes, and, and we have a lot of fun with this, every once in a while, if there's a, a, a complicated chart or something on a report, I'll say, now, advisor and your staff, you can't talk for the next few minutes. I went, okay, so tell me what that chart says. Mm. And let me tell you an experience that we had that was that was great. And this is exactly the kind of thing you can get from your advisory board. They were trying to make a case for why they put alternatives in a portfolio. Hmm. And of course, you know, it's the diversifier effect. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to explain that graphically. And so what they used was a graph of correlation coefficients. <laughs> That's pretty complicated, <laughs> right? That's pretty deep, man. I mean, you might as well put sharp ratios on your reports. Cause, and so, you know, there, so there was the series of bar charts, you know, and, and all of them, you know, were kind of squished, squished down low and that kind of stuff, except for like, bonds, which had a correlation coefficient of like 0.6. Now, for some reason, I have no idea why, most of the bars were in blue. The, the bond one was in gold. And so we put that up on the screen and I said, okay, guys, none of you can talk for a minute. I want to hear from the clients. Which of these do you want? And everybody said the big gold one, <laughs> which is exactly the wrong one that they want because it has the highest, it's the least diversification yeah. effect. And so you know, the CIO of, of, of the advisor said, well, I guess I have a little redesigning to do. But that's, that's you know, there are things that you do that, that you've been in the business a long time. You right. understand what they say. And, but you don't realize your clients don't know what, what it means. And mm -hmm. so these are the kinds of things you can uncover in that meeting that will, you know, really let you upgrade things in a meaningful way. Right. Well, I want to get back to the simple fact that you call your business the client-driven practice. And if you're not getting this kind of feedback, you're really not a client-driven practice. Exactly. Um, you know, the other thing too, which uh, communication, uh, obviously we're a, a communication firm. That's one of the questions that I have found the advisors have a very different perspective on the value of what they're providing versus what the clients think. Do you mind sharing your experience with that? Sure. I, can you be more specific? Yeah. So, like yeah. for instance, the the outbound communication that advisors oh, right. have to their clients, whether they're commentaries, newsletters. What, what's your experience with that? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because it's a really important topic. Because what we're taught in the business is you have to have lots and lots of touches every year. And what I don't think that the message that follows that up, that needs to follow that up, is that not all touches are the same. Mm -hmm. And that you can, if, if you mechanize this or if you automate it or if you make it too template or too standard, that you can actually inadvertently persuade your clients to hit the unsubscribe button, right? And that's exactly what you don't want. So what are the meaningful touches? And so, you know, some of what we deconstruct is how often do you want to hear from this advisor and how, how often do you want it to be a meeting versus a phone call mm -hmm. versus an email versus a physical letter? And one of my favorite topics to go through is, you know, the, the, the outbound client communications. If it's a newsletter or if it's email blasts or those kinds of things, you know, let's pull a few of those apart. And we hear some really interesting things. One of the things, for example, now this is not true for all advisors, but one of the things that we heard from one board, they said, if it looks like a newsletter, I'm deleting it. Oh. 
Now, if it looks like an email where you're sending me something personally, I will read it because you only send me important things. But if it looks like a newsletter, it's gone out the door. Wow. But there are other things too that, that come up that are, that are really useful. You know, like what, what they say was, if you want to send us a bunch of topics, send us a bunch of bullet points at the top with links to, to it so we can just scan that real quick and decide if there's something we want to learn more about, we can link to it. Otherwise, we can delete it and we don't have to invest any more time in it. So you learn really interesting things sure. by, just by asking the clients what their preferences are. Now, you said something that kind of maybe confused me a little bit uh, philosophically. And so I want to know your reason behind this. When you do this, so again, I want everybody to understand, if, if you haven't done an advisory council, if you're worried about bringing in an objective third party to do one, please, dear God, go to the website. Tell us where it is before we go on. Theclientdrivenpractice.com. Okay. And so that's where you're going to be able to get this advisory council in a box. But, but so I want to go back to you guys doing it. The advisors in the room? Oh, Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, you, you guys can't you see that. Yeah, you, you <laughs> listeners can't see that, but he just flinched visibly. So, um, yeah, it, from, from my perspective, this is supposed to be a relationship building exercise. Okay. And you can't have a relationship building exercise if you're not present for the conversation. Now, your clients aren't going to say bad things about you. Whether you're in the room or not, they're not going to say bad things about you. You have all their money. They mm -hmm. like you, right. right? They value the relationship. Now, it can be a challenge to get them to say difficult things. And so we can do things to set up the right dynamic. And let me tell you, like my favorite way of setting it up is I'll ask the advisor, think about the people you're putting on your board and think of one who has... You know, not complained about something, but expressed sure. a desire for change or mm -hmm. expressed a concern. It, I, I like to say that I like to have at least one curmudgeon in the room. Yes. Um, because those are the people who will give you the honest feedback. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get the curmudgeon in there and you know that there's something that's gotten under his saddle a little bit, I will get that question ahead of time and I'll bait him. I'll, nice. I'll put it out there to try to get him to say something bad. And I've already told the advisor, don't you say anything until I tell you to. <laughs> and yeah. so we, we put that out there and we hope that the curmudgeon picks it up and says, well, you know, I really wish this or wish that or wish that there was a change. And I'll start drilling into it. Well, mm -hmm. you know, so tell me why you feel that strongly about that. Tell me what you would, tell me the way you'd like to see it done or tell me what would be the best outcome for you. And we drill into it three or four questions. Mm -hmm. And then I hand it back to the advisor. Now I, I turn to the advisor and I say, so Matt, what do you think? And I've already told him what to say. I don't sure. care what the topic is. I've already told him what to say. And this is what he has to say. Well, John, I'm really glad you brought that up. I didn't realize how deeply you felt about that before. You know, I'm not sure what we can do about that. But what I promise is when we get back to the office, that's at the top of the agenda. So what has he done there? What he's done is he's communicated to everybody, it's okay to say that stuff. Right. I'm totally cool with that. That's what I want to hear. And when you can do that, it's just magic because everybody's really upfront and honest and they're really, it, it really deepens the relationship because they know that they can say things that might be a little uncomfortable and that you really want to hear it and, and you really, you're grateful for hearing it and it makes the relationship even more solid. But only one curmudgeon. Only one. You don't want a room full of curmudgeons. That would be ugly. That would be hard. To, that would give the facility, if you, unless you really want the facilitator to earn his money. You, 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 you really only want one in the room at a time. All right. And I don't know where I got that predisposition of thinking that I wouldn't want the advisor in the room. Because a couple ones that I did, the advisor would introduce me, yep. right? And then the advisor would leave. And I would use that as, one, a trust-building opportunity for the, uh, 
the advisory board to realize that I'm a trusted individual from the advisor, and then the advisor would join us for drinks afterwards. Okay. But now that I'm hearing how you're saying it, that just really makes a lot of sense. And I know yeah. you've done hundreds of these compared to me, but that's fascinating. Yeah, well, and there are people who say, you know, you're only going to get the most honest feedback when the advisor's not in the room. I, I'm not comfortable okay. with that, you All know, right. because it's, you know, yeah, they, they might say some things that, that they wouldn't say to you, but the whole idea is you want to get them to a place where they will say it in front of you, mm -hmm. because that way, when something bad happens, right. they'll call you up and they'll say, hey, listen, Matt, you know, I, yeah. I just really want to let you know I was concerned about this. Okay. And unless you can establish that kind of openness, then, you know, you're not going to have as candid a relationship as, as you need to have. Sure. And that's one of the reasons why if you have not done an advisory council and if you are on the fence about it and you want help, then please, please, please contact Stephen because, um, you know, having a professional in there is going to calm you down as the advisor, understanding that you've done so many of these before that you're very comfortable in front of a group of their top clients. I mean, these are the relationships that they covet the most. And bringing that outside person is, is a little bit leery. And if you guys haven't read, there's so much stuff. So the clientdrivenpractice.com, uh, Stephen's got a book out there. Like I said, he does a podcast with you a little child. He's got this new advisory council thing in a box. The super cool thing is I haven't seen you for a year right now. We did a podcast together actually, yep. I, cause I was on yours too. Yep. Um, but, um, last year you were rolling out something too. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's neat to, to hang out with innovators, right? When, when you have uh, an opportunity, so we're at a booth at a conference, right? And you know, everybody pretty much handles the booth thing the same way. But you know, one of the first things that came out of Steven's mouth when we saw each other was one, how happy we were to see each other. And then two, this is what I'm working on. And I love that fresh energy, that new idea, because as you know, I mean, right now inside the conference, there are probably people saying the same stuff that they've heard for years and years. And it's great that people like you and your organization is always looking at ways to mix things up. Yeah, and um, I, I didn't mention, I should mention, if, if people want information about the new advisory board kit itself. Yes, yes, yes. They can go to get.advisoryboard.solutions and it will, you, you, it'll sign you right up to get updates about the kit as it develops. Well, and we'll make sure that we have that in the show notes so that people can click on that. That was a good get website, man. <laughs> well, well done. That was cool. So, uh, what, what else? Um, so, what else can people be looking out for you now, or uh, what can we be looking out for you in the future? Well, let's see. We're constantly developing our niche coaching process. So, our our four Ds: master the four Ds to master your niche, discover, design, develop, and declare. And we will be uh, we're doing um, one of the webinars for NAPFA. Oh, uh, nice. Will be on May seventh. Uh, I will be speaking about the six kinds of niches you can develop at the AICPA Advanced Planning Conference in June in Vegas. And uh, the, every week something comes out on the blog. Right. <laughs> so theclientdrivenpractice.com slash blog. Okay. And uh, yeah, so those are the best places to find us. Now, and becomingreferable.com. Now, our audience, if they haven't been poked so many times in the eye about the niche <laughs> thing, um, because I think for our, our listeners who do listen a lot, I'd say 90% of our guests bring up the niche idea. In fact, uh, just recently I interviewed a woman who is a disability advocate and 20% of the United States population has a disability. Wow. So really? talk about not, yeah. you know, missing a humongous part of, no of, uh, of society. But uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's always a pleasure. I can't wait to uh, have an opportunity to, I don't know, find out what else you're doing. Yeah. Always great to see you, Matt. And I hear you guys have some exciting new stuff out there that we'll want to talk about on our podcast very soon. 
So always nice to see you. And thanks again for having me on again. Awesome. Well, and we will, uh, so look out for that podcast that we're, I'm going to be on uh, him and Julie's podcast very soon. But if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe and button below. And if you don't mind, give us a quick review on iTunes. That way we can show up even higher in the ratings. And it also gives us good opportunity for feedback. And if you have a guest idea or a topic idea, or just want to tell us how terrible we are, just email me at Matt at Top Advisor M. So for everybody at the Client Driven Practice, this is Matt Halloran from Top Advisor Marketing, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.